Hello, everyone, and welcome to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. Today, we will be discussing a very important program for Fraser, the Fraser Anti-Racism Initiative. To help guide our discussion today, we welcome two of our fantastic Fraser staff, Nancy Baldrica, Vice President of Marketing and Development, and Jordan Brandt, Mental Health Professional and Anti-Racism Committee Lead here at Fraser. Welcome, Nancy and Jordan, and thank you for joining us today on FraserCast. Thank Thanks you for Welcome. having us. Great to have you. So, Nancy, let's start with you, and let's begin with having you describe this anti-racism initiative in broad terms and how this got started. Yep. So, Fraser always had diversity, inclusion, and equity efforts. They've been in place for many, many years. But following the wake of the racial violence that really exploded in Minnesota and across the country in the spring of 2020, we decided to take a new look at our efforts and reimagine and expand those. Um, we, we really felt that as a mental health care provider and an equal opportunity provider, uh, employer, that Fraser may should have a public commitment to supporting the people um, who continue to suffer from uh, systemic racism and the abuse and discrimination that our Black, indig Indigenous, and people of color staff, you know, experience on a daily basis. So the Fraser Anti-Racism Initiative was a way for us to encompass a variety of activities across the organization that would work to undo systemic racism in our own internal processes, hiring, training, and engagement. So we use racial equity as a lens for everything that we do for our clients, our staff, and our communities of families. So Nancy, could you explain a little more about the public nature of this initiative? Right, well, we not only wanted to continue some of the efforts that we had been doing for a long, long time, but we wanted to make sure that we were a public voice and were publicly stepping out into the discussion about these items. So what we did was we made some public announcements out in social media and on our website. And we currently now under our about section of the website have an anti-racism page that states our commitment to this effort and acknowledges that this is not a one and done effort. This is something that's gonna continue you know, indefinitely. You're never done fighting uh, this kind of racism and discrimination. Thank you for that. And since you mentioned the website, I'm going to give the URL www.fraser.org. That's F-R-A-S-E-R.org. I'll give you that URL again at the end. And Jordan, let's bring you in right now. Could you please, Jordan, uh, sort of describe the nuts and bolts of this initiative and, and tell us, you know, how the this initiative helps the diverse populations that Fraser serves? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Super excited to be here to start the diverse population. So let's start with who Frazier serves. So we serve a wide range of ages, um, racial and ethnic backgrounds, as well as diagnoses. So thinking about that population in itself and the diverse, um, the diverse amount of people that we serve as an organization, this initiative will serve each and every one of those in a more equitable and balanced capacity. And that's gonna be the goal of the initiative, I think, is to ensure that each and every one of our clients, when they walk through the door, that they receive a service that is most supportive to them um, based on their 
cultural background, their ethnic background, um, where they come from, um, whether that's the neighborhood that they come from in Minnesota um, or the country that they have immigrated from um, at some point in time. So I think those those very basic sort of components that we're thinking about um, will hopefully in 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 law in the long term serve our clients more um, more effectively and efficiently. So Jordan, can you give us an example of how these initiatives might benefit a particular family or an individual? Yeah, so I think one of the greatest changes that's recently come out of this initiative, which was um, started by a clinician here at Fraser named Christina Doyle, who brought to the attention of, a, of many of us the better service or more supportive service that can be provided by a clinician who speaks the same language as the client or the client's family. And so previously at Fraser, we have utilized interpreter services to ensure that we're serving all of our families in the most effective and efficient way possible. But what was happening is that when there's sort of more people in the room, right, we can we can misinterpret or things can get bogged down. And what Christina brought to our attention is that we have a lot of really incredible staff at Fraser who are bilingual or multilingual who could be providing that direct service to the client. So Christina's example, Christina is um, Spanish speaking. She could provide the, a service, a direct service to a family using her Spanish language and her Spanish background to the family in their native language. And that in itself creates a huge, huge connection to a family, not only that their clients or that their clinician speaks the same language as them, but might also just have that, that common knowledge or that um, that cultural background in addition to serve them in a way that perhaps I couldn't because I don't speak the same language as them. And so I think that's going to be something huge that comes from this initiative is just being able to provide services to our families and to our clients in a way that, you know, maybe we never thought was possible. I also think about, you know, the use of being able to translate some of our documents and things like that to, to just reach reach our clients in a way that that we hadn't been able to previously. So we're really excited about that um, and really thankful for Christina's efforts in putting that together. That's a great example, thank you. And that sort of gets at my follow-up question, which is, in what ways is Fraser being impacted by this change? That is to say, what's changing within the organization of Fraser itself? Well, I would say, I hope that everything's gonna change, you know, in some way or the other, that we really get to some of the grassroots of the organization. And then we really start to look at the ways in which culture and ethnicity and race and language all impact our clients as well as us day to day. So I, I, I think my, my hope is that every everything will start to change. Specifically, I think about the sort of four brackets and um, we'll maybe touch on this a little later, but sort of the four kind of nitty gritty areas that we're getting into as part of the initiative is organizational change as a whole, our marketing um, and our partnerships in the community, how we're communicating with people within the organization and then in our, in our training. So those are the four sort of areas that we hope we'll see the, the largest change and impact in. So let's talk a little bit more, you know, about that training and the things that Fraser's doing internally to to affect change. And let's bring Nancy in here to, to have that discussion. Tell me more about what's going on inside Fraser. Well, as you can imagine, as, as Jordan was just saying, this is a huge effort and it, it impacts so much of the organization that I think really we recognized we needed some outside counsel 
for this. We wanted to make sure that we did it right and, and that we were respectful and inviting of staff and clients into this process. And so we did reach out to a local consultant expert, uh, Dr. Brownell Mack, and he's been consulting with us for the last year. And he initially started working with Jordan and the task force, the Fraser anti-racism task force, but now is starting to expand out into some of those other areas and is working with HR in their recruitment efforts, in training efforts. He's working with staff on the Fraser Annual Conference. He's pr producing some videos that help um, spur dialogue. And, and we really, uh, his, his expertise has just been invaluable. We really could not have come as far as we have, as fast as we have without his guidance. I think Nancy hit spot on. I think Frazier as a whole has been really pushing and driving this initiative forward. And there have certainly been spots where we see that we want to move faster and 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 catch up and, and make these moves and wanting to make sure that we're really doing the work in the right way or a way that feels authentic and purposeful to ensure that these initiatives withstand the test of time, right? You know, I think that there's this idea that you, you know, you put you put all the effort in and you can you can do it fast and and get it done, but we want to make sure that we are, as an organization, putting the time and meaningful effort into these initiatives to ensure that they are successful and that they serve they serve their real purpose. And Dr. Mack has been very much so a, a really large, a large part of that effort in ensuring that the work that we're doing is is going to be sustained. Yeah, he's really directed us to some really good resources and other experts in the community. And he's been helpful um, with HR trying to redo the job descriptions and the, um, the performance metrics, all kinds of things that um, really have guided this process on a, on a very, you know, um, ground floor kind of level. And he's right now working hand in hand with our clinical leadership to put on our Fraser Annual Conference, which is going to be much of it devoted to Fraser anti-racism discussion efforts and training. So he's playing a big role in this for us. That's fantastic. And, and Nancy, you hinted at the next question I had, which is regarding change. And of course, we all realize this is a long run effort and you're in early days. But in addition to these sort of structural uh, items you mentioned, which is uh, regarding HR or maybe how you hire and that sort of thing. Any other uh, signs of change, if you will, either, you know, sort of organic or process oriented like you described? Yeah, um, I think that we're starting really in, in, across the organization, we're starting to see that it's starting to filter down. So, for example, one of the things that just happened this last week was Dr. Mack presented a foundational training for supervisors. And it has been edited and sent out to supervisors now across the entire organization. It's a required training. They're gonna go through these videos. There's some dialogue questions to spawn discussions. And, and then there's an actual training for supervisors to help them understand how to use this information. So that's something that's been, you know, that's a big change for us. Um, recognizing that this is something that we need to do and um, helping our staff to have those conversations. And then, as I said, um, we have already changed some of the questions that we're asking in 
uh, hiring to make sure that the staff that we're bringing in are a good fit for our culture and they understand what we're trying to do and are um, in line with that themselves. And then for performance reviews, having that language in there and recognizing too that this is a personal journey for everyone. So wording it so that it's it allows people the time to grow and explore and become their better selves. But I think what, that we're seeing it in all kinds of things, as I said, um, videos, trainings, conferences, uh, we're seeing it in HR, we're seeing things in clinical. I know that they're looking at things even like the toys and the books that we have in our treatment rooms for the kids that come in. Um, it's already impacted our translation services. Um, for marketing, we've already implemented changes to the website that allows the entire website to be translated into any language that you would need to make it accessible. We're looking at um, we're looking at another uh, another way of making it inclusive by adding an ADA accessible widget that would change the font size or the background color so that it's easier for people to read in that way. We've changed our, our vendor for our stock photography. I mean, just kind of across the board, everybody has been really challenged and pushed to take a look at what we're doing with fresh eyes. Say, so Jordan, I wonder if you can answer that question <laughs> regarding change from your perspective from out there in the field, if you will. Yeah, so I, as Nancy was saying, I just, we were going through and thinking about all the things that we have thus far accomplished, which feels really, really great, but that there's, you know, there's so much more to think about and do, which is really exciting. And I'll even go back to when in May and shortly after George Floyd's murder, we had this conversation with a lot of the BIPOC staff um, within Frasier and really just all of the staff in general about what can we do? What can Frasier do? And that then resulted in some listening sessions that were held with executive leadership staff and then some BIPOC staff who were willing to come forth and just have a really honest conversation about what they wanted to see from Frasier. And I think that really then we were able to ensure that the changes that we are implementing now and hopefully in the future are, are again, like I said, sort of grassroots. They're coming internally from clinicians, from the staff that are doing the work, from our clinical coordinators to our day treatment support staff to revenue cycle to speech language pathologists, that it's really coming from the staff that are doing the work and work and, 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 and supporting the organization as a whole. And so it feels really authentic and pure and, and hopeful in that space. Great, great. So again, it's early days, but have you had any feedback from Fraser clients to this point? You know, I think externally the, the feedback that we've gotten is just thank you, thank you for showing up, right? So again, in those early days when Fraser put out the call against, you know, to be anti-racist and um, against police violence and started to announce this initiative, the feedback we got was outstanding. Just thank you for standing up and, and doing what's right and doing, doing what needs to be done. Everyone is struggling. Everyone is struggling right now, but Frazier did what they needed to do. And so it was That's nice. Great. I think it was nice for people to see and, and hear that and know that Frazier's making those needed changes. Great. Nancy, anything to add? I think it's important to remember that Frazier's history is in working with clients 
who have been discriminated against themselves, right? Regardless of their race or their cultural background. They, they've always worked with clients who have diverse cognitive, emotional, and physical needs. And so on a, on a really granular level, you know, as an organization, we, we understand that struggle that people face. And this really is just a, a bigger, broader umbrella um, where we're bringing everybody under this umbrella. It's we're, we've got a really big focus right now on anti-racism, but it's also part of this bigger umbrella of the diversity, inclusion, and belonging effort that has a long, long history at Fraser and will continue. And I have to, you know, give some kudos to the to the leadership of the organization for just recognizing that there's always room to include more and, and for seeing that this is a big initiative that is worthy of our ongoing efforts. Great. Thank you. So here's a million dollar question. How are you going to measure success? That is a big question. Um, we did set some measures of success when we formed this uh, task force and the committee. And these, uh, our measures aren't entirely based on the numbers. The numbers lie more within the departments. So HR is tracking how many BIPOC staff they're recruiting and retaining. Our measures as a committee are a little bit uh, softer measures, but the things that we've set out for ourselves is to continue having listening sessions and gathering feedback so that we can help identify what the initiatives and the priorities and the goals should be. As Jordan said, we want this to come from our staff and for our staff. So they're a big part of this effort. We want to continue to have increased cultural competence represented in the materials that we use in our treatment. So the toys, the books, the language on the walls, the website, all of those things that people encounter when they come to Frasier. Of course, we're focusing on increased hiring and retention. Again, a lot of that rests mainly with HR, but as a committee, we we support them and we, we provide feedback and identify ways that we can help hire staff. And then we're trying to work with HR to identify ways that we can move those BIPOC staff into leadership positions so that overall in the organization, we're better represented. And then ongoing training and orientation for all staff on diversity initiatives, delivering services that are culturally competent and sensitive to underrepresented groups needs, and then communication processes and systems that communicate our mission and vision and beliefs, not only to staff, but to the community. So, so everybody's aware that this is a stand we're taking and we're in this for the long run. That's great. You say, Jordan, Nancy certainly touched on this, but maybe if you could address this um, measurement question in terms of uh, what success might look like for Fraser families. Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. I think as a clinician over time, what I want and hope to see will come from our clinicians, but support those families, right? So I think about as a clinician, being able to walk into a room with a family who looks different from me, but that I feel like I have the competency and the wherewithal to meet them where they are. Um, whether that means that they speak a different language, they are from another country, their skin isn't the same color as mine, whatever it may be that I can meet them exactly where they're at. And I think being able to hold space for our clients is going to be so important now more than ever when we are not only in a global pandemic, but also thinking about the systemic racism and the 
the systematics that come that that show up every day for so many of our families and and Nancy had sort of touched on this right that it's there's this umbrella it's so complex that it's not just about race it's about gender and your ability um you know mentally or physically that there there's so much to unpack and so i hope my my long-term goal or my long-term thoughts for success is to be able to support each and every one of our clinicians to train each and every one of our clinicians and ensure that they have the capacity to walk into a room or eventually into a lobby with their family and and to to be able to again meet them exactly where they're at to ensure that they they leave with everything that they could possibly need day in and day out from Fraser Services. That's a great thought and let's get there. Uh, so let, let, let's round off with a question and talk about a sort of holistic approach, the whole community. Mm -hmm. So Fraser's a nonprofit with limited time and resources. You can't change the world yourself, but you can certainly do your best to try. This involves other, other organizations and businesses and that sort of thing. How can the rest of the community, businesses and otherwise, help Fraser realize these goals? That's a good question. Well, I'm going to, I'll start internally, I think, and then maybe I'll let Nancy take the, the partnership piece. So I think about internally within Fraser, how are we going to do this work? And it's going to take everybody, right? So this is not solely going to fall on our BIPOC staff. This needs to include every person within Fraser. And so right now we're looking at various forms of participation within the organization to support these efforts. So things like affinity groups or accountability groups to ensure that um, every person who is on this journey has someone to walk it with, right? I, we can't do it alone, like you said. So they have someone who they can go to and talk to and learn with along the way. The idea of having listening sessions, so ensuring that staff are, are heard and listened to. You know, I think really even basic things like book clubs. So just getting, learning and, and taking information in as best as we can and then how do we apply it to our day-to-day, -day, whether that's if you're in HR or if you're in um, our day treatment setting. I think about some of those spaces and that it's going to take all of us internally and externally, but that's that's sort of where I see that it's going to be everybody's job. Everybody's going to have a role. So I'll, yeah, I'll leave the next to Nancy. Maybe she's got some ideas for externally how our partners can help us. Good idea, Nancy. Yeah, well, you know, clearly this is a huge initiative, and as, as Jordan said, it takes it takes all of us as an organization, it takes all of us as a community to change this. But there are areas that we know are underrepresented in the clients that we serve, and we know that some more targeted outreach to those communities would be beneficial for them, and that it would be a, a good way to bring them under the umbrella of what we're trying to do here too. So for example, um, we know that in general, black children are not diagnosed with autism. It takes, it's three additional years to every uh, year that a child, a, a white child is diagnosed. So if most white children are being diagnosed with autism before they're in kindergarten, black children aren't being diagnosed with autism until they are in third or fourth grade. That's pretty far into your educational journey already. If we can work with organizations like community centers, schools, clues that's done in um, uh, the South Minneapolis area, and, and there's so many of these organizations, I mean, I can't even, I wouldn't even attempt to name them all. But if we could form partnerships with them and help families better 
recognize early warning symptoms that, that their children may need some early intervention, we can help those families and those children change the entire trajectory of their life. And that's really where Fraser can have an impact on this as a community. So we look at our equity um, measures too. We, we, we pay attention to the communities that we serve. And the way that we're gonna try to bring this out into the community is to be more purposeful about that and introduce more materials in more languages so that we can partner with those community leaders and organizations and, and meet more families and help them on their journey to better mental health or better physical health. Along with that too is, is how can we support our families and other organizations in being advocates for their children's care or for their care. And I think like Nancy was saying over time, it's, it's really, um, it can be really hard for families to walk into a place um, and express openly what they're, they are feeling or needing and, and knowing that these at times systems can be set up to discount some of those things. And so Frazier being an advocate for our families, for our clients, for teachers and schools and other organizations to say, you have the ability and the and and the the right to speak up and say what you need in this space. And how can Fraser bring that also out into the community for others to speak up and get the care and the supports that they need in the places that they need them? I think another way that Fraser is partnering with the community is we're really looking for support from donors and sponsors and business mm -hmm. partners in this effort to, to expand and continue these services. So what does that money help us do? Well, it helps us buy those culturally competent books and toys that we need in the in the uh, treatment rooms. It helps us continue contracts with our outside consultant like Dr. Mack and having speakers come in for our annual conference to train our staff. It provides cultural competency tools for our staff so that they can see where they are on their journey and know what areas to focus on. Um, it, it, there's just a whole host of tools that are out there that can help us. And, you know, this is not something we can do alone. We can go as far as, you know, the, the, there is no end to this effort, right? We can go as far as our funding and our commitment takes us. Well, we have the commitment, um, but we would love to have more partners in our funding. And even things like, you know, sponsoring these podcasts or getting involved in our blog postings or providing resources for families. All of those are ways that the community can help us keep, keep this going. One final question, maybe a quick one. Does Fraser's Anti-Racism racism Initiative have a timeline, Jordan? When will this end? Well, I don't think it's ever going to end. I hope it never ends. And in um, as Nancy has, has stated already, that our executive leadership team is incredibly committed to this. And um, that includes, again, Diane Cross, the president and CEO, who has um, openly talked and shared that this is an initiative. These initiatives are ones that Fraser is committed to for its history. So as long as Fraser is here, these initiatives are here. As long as I'm here, these initiatives will be here. As long as our clients and our populations are in need, Fraser will be here and we will be serving them to the best of our abilities and in the best capacity that we possibly can 
to ensure that they are getting their wants and needs met in every possible way, whether that is accessing services or us reaching out and partnering uh, in the communities, training our staff to ensure that they're giving our clients the most equitable care possible. As I said, we are committed to this for our history. So the timeline is is ever expanding and ever growing for us. The entire Frazier executive team is really behind this effort and, and ha- has fully committed to making it a success, uh, starting with our president and CEO, Diane Cross, um, to our head uh, of HR, Human Resources, Jan Moser, our uh, CFO, Mike Nass, and our COO, Jan Luker, and then all the way down to our, you know, on the street level staff that are providing these services. Everybody is really fully committed. When this all occurred, when all of the civil unrest occurred in 2020, a lot of organizations stepped up and made public statements of of support for anti-racism. And, you know, we stand against racism and, and abuse in any form. And Diane's response to that was, you know, words are cheap, action is harder and we're going to show our support by action and so not only did we put out the statement that we are condemning this and we're in support of anti-racism measures but she has really committed action behind this and and i think that's what makes this anti-racism initiative stand out from a lot of other things that is out there great thank you very much Jordan and Nancy, you guys were amazing. This has been a great show. Uh, For more information, everyone, on the Fraser Anti-Racism Initiative or any additional services that Fraser provides, please visit www.fraser.org. That's F-R-A-S-E-R.org. And thank you once again for listening and stay well.